Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to tell you about the Leaning Tower of Pisa, one of Europe's most famous landmarks uh, and the one with perhaps the funniest backstory. It is a very well-named landmark. It is a tower found in the Italian city of Pisa. uh, And just like it says on the tin, it leans to one side. It has an almost four degree lean to it in contrast to uh, most towers, I would say, which tend to have, generally speaking, a zero degree lean. Uh, It won't surprise you to learn that the Leaning Tower of Pisa was not designed to lean over like it does, but you may learn a thing or two about why it has this lean in the first place. But first, let's get some background here. The Leaning Tower of Pisa is found in Pisa's Cathedral Square, uh, and it's one of three structures there. Firstly, the Pisa Cathedral, built between 1063 and 1092. Beautiful building, often overlooked and ignored because of its wobbly neighbour. Uh, Secondly, there is the Pisa Baptistery, a construction on which began in 1152, round building, dome on top. Nice to look at as well, although not a lean to be found anywhere about it. And then thirdly, and most famously, the Tower of Pisa, a freestanding bell tower, almost 57 metres in height on one side at least. The other side is about a metre lower than that. Uh, Construction on the tower began in 1173. Uh, However, there was one small detail that its architect overlooked when planning the building. And uh, I suppose I shouldn't really say small details. Actually, a great big whopper of a detail, to be honest, almost caused the entire tower to topple over. We've had to work very hard for a long time to keep it standing. But before we get to that, who was the architect? Well, we're not 100% sure. And uh, in cases like this, usually feel bad, right, for the person concerned. They, they don't get credit for their legacy. It's, it's usually pretty unfortunate. I mean, whoever, whoever painted the Lascaux Caves, for instance, they'd be spewing. Everyone's going on about bloody Da Vinci. Episode 204, go across it. But 17,000 years ago, they're in there painting cool horses and deer and stuff, and no one knows their name. But here, maybe the architect actually wouldn't want their name known to history, seeing as the Leaning Tower of Pisa is one of history's great architectural stuff-ups. For a long time, we thought that it was a bloke named Bonanno Pisano. Sorry, Bonanno, old son, sorry to do you dirty by naming you like that. But these days, we're actually not sure it was this fella. It might have been a bloke named Diotis Salvi. There are a few of his trademark elements in the design of this tower, including, this is not a joke, the fact that it isn't very architecturally stable. Apparently, this was a bit of a bad habit of Diotis Salvi's. Anyway, uh, whoever it was, they made, as I mentioned, a critical error when designing this tower. They failed to take into consideration what the tower was being built on. Underneath the topsoil there in Cathedral Square in Pisa, you will find clay, dense, unstable clay. 
1173, when construction began, three metre foundations were dug into this clay, and as it turns out, this clay was nowhere near strong enough to hold up a tower, and on top of that, three metre foundations were nowhere near deep enough either. So as the years passed and as construction continued, it became evident that all was not well with this tower as it grew. After five years, by 1178, as the third floor of the tower was being built, it started to lean to one side. The soil and the clay underneath the tower had shifted and moved due to the weight that was steadily being piled on top of it. And so, with the tower leaning as it was, a solution is sought for and ultimately found. And a very amusing solution it was too. The Pisans decided to just ignore the tower altogether, put their tools down and do something else for a while. And that's just what they did. In 1178, Pisa went to war with Genoa. So they kept themselves busy at the very least. And these three floors of this incomplete tower sat on an unstable foundation for... Well, how long do you reckon? Did you guess 100 years? I mean, how is that for a smoko? The union makes sure you get your mandated 15-minute break. The Pisans got a bloody century off of construction here. Apparently, the plan that the Pisans had was, and this is not a joke again, was to wait the soil out and hope that it would just settle in the meantime. Quite the plan. Just trusting that the problem would, I don't know, sort of take care of itself and... I don't want to spoil the ending here, but look at a picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. This problem did not solve itself. But that didn't stop the people working on the tower from coming up with all sorts of cunning and clever tricks in order to overcome the tower's lean. In 1272, after this 100-year break, work began again, this time under the authority of master builder Giovanni di Simone. And di Simone had a masterful plan to deal with the tower's lean. He decided, and again, I want to stress here that I am not making this up as ridiculous and unbelievable as it sounds. He decided to build one side of the tower taller than the other to make up for the lean. So you've got three leaning floors and then you go upstairs and find floors where the ceiling is higher on one side compared to the other. Absolutely ingenious. And you can actually still see the effect of his work today. Look closely at the tower from a certain angle and you'll see that it's curved. Anyway, construction continued for another 12 years, but before the tower could be completed, the workers put down their tools once again because looks like it's time for another union-mandated war with Genoa. Uh, a few decades later, construction resumed, and between 1319 and 1372, in fits and starts, the tower was finally finished. Terrific job, everyone. If you squint, you can hardly tell that it looks like it's about to fall over. Now, here's the thing. The ground didn't magically become more stable in the centuries that passed, and so the foundations of the tower were still very unstable indeed. After its completion, the tower's lean did get worse, although luckily only fractionally, and it did sink further down into the ground. And the end result was that Pisa became home to one of the most remarkable landmarks ever built. But then we'll uh, jump forward a few centuries here to get to the next significant chapter in the story of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. In 1838, the architect Alessandro della Gerardesca had a wonderful idea. Now, I don't know what it is about the Leaning Tower of Pisa and attracting architects that seem to have had rocks in their heads, but Gerardesca was a man with a plan. And my goodness, he was going to follow through on this plan come what may. Even without the tower's ridiculous lean, it 
it is still a very pleasant looking building. I mean, we've had a laugh at it today, but it really is a lovely example of medieval European Romanesque architecture. Well, in that vein, the foundation is also built in a Romanesque style. And Gerardesca thought that it was a great shame that these foundations weren't on display for all to see. So he, and again, I'm not making this up. I have no idea how this proposal was approved. He began to dig away at the earth surrounding the foundations so as to expose them so people could admire them. So what happened? What happened, you may wonder, when this guy started messing with the foundations of an already very unstable building? Well, you'll be shocked to learn that the tower began to lean over even further. And so Gerardesca was made to stop and put the excavated earth back where he found it before the damn thing fell over entirely. But that is not the end of people making ill-conceived attempts at messing with the foundations of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. We jump ahead now to 1934, when the next person to mess with the tower decided that its lean was a disgrace to Italy and that the whole thing should be straightened, which, you know, wouldn't even be possible if his plan had worked because, I mentioned before, the tower is curved, but we'll ignore that for the time being. Anyway, this guy ordered holes to be drilled into the foundation. More bloody messing with the foundation. Just leave him alone, mate. And then these holes were filled with concrete to add weight to one side of the tower and hopefully rectify the lean. But what actually happened was that the tower leaned even more than before because adding all that weight, irrespective of the fact that it was on one side of the tower, caused the entire tower to sink even further into the unstable ground. So, great job. It turns out that this guy with this plan was about as good at fixing leaning towers as he was at winning wars because his name was Benito Mussolini and he should have stuck to writing erotic historical fiction. Again, not a joke, Mussolini wrote an erotic novel called The Cardinal's Mistress in 1909. Anyway, as we move now into the back half of the 20th century, the Italian government realises they have to do something about the leaning tower. The tower is continuing to lean more and more, and it's only a matter of time before a catastrophe. So they put out a call for help. We need help straightening the tower, they say, before the whole thing topples over. Oh, but but not too much, they add. Not too much. Can't really have a leaning tower of peace if it's completely straight. So, yeah, help us fix it a bit, but not not too much. In 1993, counterweights were arranged around one side of the tower, 870 tonnes of lead, which actually did help to balance the tower out a little bit and straighten it up slightly. And they also messed with the foundations again, but this time actually got it right. The marvels of modern civil engineering, they managed to get the tower back to where it had been in 1838 before Gerardesca had messed with it by removing 70 tonnes of earth from under one side of it. It took around a decade, but in 2001, the tower was declared stable, its iconic four-degree lean preserved, and today, for the low price of just 18 euros, you can climb the tower and enjoy the impressive view from the top, and then go around to the other side of the tower and enjoy the slightly less impressive view one metre lower down. But you'd better hurry. Because this situation won't last forever. In 2008, the engineers who worked on the tower announced that they only expected it to remain stable for the next 200 years. So if you're planning a trip to Pisa to climb the tower, I wouldn't put it off too long.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.